Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Hear ye, hear ye. Hark the f*** up. I bring tidings of great joy and or good cheer, depending on your ability to feel joy slash cheer. It's about the time of year that the Son of God is born here on Earth. Yes, you heard me. The Son of God is born from the vagina of a human woman. Don't ask for details. And like, Son of God, not in the wishy-washy, oh, we're all the Son of God kind of way. The literal Son of God. So you all better know that when we say we're all God's children, it is a lie to make you feel better. Though, spoiler alert, given how he treats his actual son, you're probably better off as the weird stepkid like how doctor's kids never get a day off school, but way worse. Anyway, hark to this, good tidings, lo, this is The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world. I am your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition are Finn Taylor and Tom Neenan. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much. Hello. You've both been on, but not together, right? That is correct. I, um, I, I know, I've known Finn uh, a, a long time, and this is now, it's an absolute joy to meet in this, uh, in this venue. What, what an absolute treat for me. Yeah, I actually had it I had it expressly written that I wouldn't appear with Tom, so this is a surprise <laughs> and a shock. Well, uh, you are going to be our guest editors for this week's edition of The Goggle. We're going to plunge into the content, uh, but first let's have a look at the front cover. The front cover of this week's edition shows a heavily pregnant Jennifer Lawrence glowing in Gucci with a headline that says... Is this any of our business? Experts say no. And China has warned the US that they will pay a price for boycotting the Winter Olympics. The price is not getting to watch the luge. And the satirical cartoon this week is Tesla CEO Elon Musk saying that chief executive officer is a made-up title and that many corporate titles don't mean anything at the Wall Street Journal CEO summit before he went home to his son, whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> And let's get into our first section of this week. It is the art section. Michael Sheen, the actor, has turned himself into a not-for-profit actor. Tom, can you unpack this story for us? Yes, gladly. One thing that is nice is that I'm on this uh, Zoom with, with uh, um, people who I know have gone to the Edinburgh Fringe, so have gone one step further than this. They have gone from being a not-for-profit actor to being a completely for lost stand-up comedian. So I, I think if he really wants to put his money where his mouth is, that's what he would go for. I mean, he can afford to give up the money because of all the, you know, of all the, the profits he makes from his cleaning products. But, um, but yeah, he's... Um, thank you very much, thank you. Um, it was just sitting there, and I was like, it's got to be said. But, yeah, so he has decided that he's going to give away a lot of money from the stuff that he does, which must make his agent's job difficult. Like, trying to negotiate a fee up when everyone knows that that fee is not going to go to him is quite... I don't know, it's, it's going to be quite difficult. But, uh, personally, I think it's just a way that he's... Um, He's trying to make David Tennant look worse. So, uh, you know, everyone likes David Tennant and Michael Sheen's going, how can I, how can I make him look like a money-grabbing arsehole? And I'm thinking, well, well done, that is a way of doing it. So specifically what he's done is he's funded the Homeless World Cup and then been inspired to do other things. He was involved in the organisation of it and then the funding fell through and he sold his house in America and his house yeah. in the UK in order to fund what is being called here a $2 million project. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is just me living in Sydney as a millennial looking at housing prices, but like 
That is not two houses worth. <laughs> You're lucky if you can get an apartment in Sydney for $1 million. The irony is is that he's now eligible to play in the Homeless World Cup. <laughs> which I, I think is why he's done it. In the, I, don't, I think he's gone, I want to be a not-profit actor because he's trying to save face from the fact that he all he wanted to do was play football for Wales. And the only way he could do that was sell his houses, become homeless, <laughs> and just about qualify for the Homeless World Cup. <laughs> Oh, imagine being on the bench at the Homeless World Cup. That would be <laughs> hey, brutal. I bet it's covered, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. You every, get oranges every at half-time. <laughs> <laughs> Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. Crazy prices are just the beginning. Come on down to our unmarked warehouse for Mad Matt's Bonanza sale sign sale bonanza. Need a sale sign? We've got it and we want to sell it to you. And for genuinely irrational prices, 20% off our 50% off signs. 50% off our 20% off signs. Double the regular cost of a 4x3 piece of core flute in what we're calling the first ever reverse sale. $800 for half a glass of water. Prices are slashed. And if you can find something the same for cheaper, tell us about the competition and our crazy warehouse staff will go and burn it down. (laughs) Sure, you might suspect that the machinery of capitalism keeps suggesting we adapt to climate change rather than stopping it, but I'm here to tell you they're right. Hi, I'm John, or some similar name, and I'm here to put the positive spin on the seemingly unstoppable pillaging and corruption of the precious life support system we call everything on Earth. That spin is money. Of course we need to technology our way out of the problem we caused with technology. What else is an extreme weather event but an excuse to sell you extreme weather gear? And three new couches a year when your first couch gets flooded, the second is burned and the third is eaten by a plague of mice. Hi, I'm a neoliberal and I'm here to tell you about my online course, How to Money and Why Can't I? But yes, you can. Find out online and how with me, John probably, or whatever my name is, it's $800 for what I'm calling an interactive PowerPoint presentation, but isn't. your health section now. And this is a deep dive into uh, Alzheimer's research. Finn Taylor, you're a scientist of sorts. Uh, Can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, that's what it says in my degree, of sorts. (laughs) MA of sorts, only did the first couple of months. Well, what's happened is that doctors have discovered that Viagra, having big old stiff dicks, apparently (laughs) takes the edge off uh, the old dementia, which is what it's what dirty old men in care homes need, isn't it? <laughs> Bigger dicks. Now, I, I have some personal investment in this story because my uh, lovely dear old grandpa had uh, Alzheimer's. And uh, the issue I have with this treatment is that, you know, my grandfather was always a very skinny man, lean, sort of beanpole. And then uh, towards the end, when his Alzheimer's had sort of taken over, but what would happen is that he put on loads of weight the first time in his life, because nurses would go, oh, the pudding's treacle sponge. Have you had any? He'd go, oh, no, oh, no, I haven't. I love that. And he'd had three in the last hour. So my issue is that if a man with Alzheimer's looks down and sees an erection, he'll go, oh, look at that. And uh, I'm worried they're all going to wank themselves to death. <laughs> what a way to go. Well, I suppose it's better than just slowly disintegrating, exploding exploding out. Maybe that is that the treatment? I didn't read the whole article. Is that what they're saying is going to happen? Well, I mean, it does it does confirm my long held uh, stereotypical belief that men keep their brains in their penises, and if you can improve the circulation to one, you can improve the circulation to another. Uh, But it doesn't necessarily lead to the best decision making. Yeah, it was originally designed as a heart drug, so the side effect of boners was, uh, I think like how post-it notes are from 
week glue. Have you heard that story? Is that true? Or just something no. that I heard? It was someone was trying to make good glue and they made shit glue and then they turned that lemons into lemonade and just had post-it notes. Oh, so Viagra was meant for your heart. Yeah. And then right. it, the side effect was it gave you a boner and then they started selling. Yes, so it's your circulation oh. system. Does that mean that it's that some people who don't have a heart problem take Viagra and then their heart explodes? So basically, um, if yes, uh, but basically you, you think of the saying... Sorry, I'm, I'm an MA of sorts. <laughs> I don't know if I made that clear. <laughs> like it's like the saying with the dogs, cold nose, warm heart. <laughs> <laughs> so how do post-its come into this, by the way? Because ironically, I do write memos to myself on the erect penises of old men. <laughs> But that, I feel like you wouldn't have known that. It's like balloon writing. Have you ever done that? Where you write small on it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Makes you feel very um, uh, dexterous. You know when you walk into a room and forget why you went in there? Will there be sort of a, a sexual version of that going on? And I, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to elaborate. That's, that's all I'm going to say on that. I'll, I'll let you fill in the rest of the blanks. I mean, if I get into a room and forget why I went in, the answer is always, I came here to f***. <laughs> it's never the wrong answer is it no just i mean like it's gonna be right like a third of the time so just go yeah. for it i reckon yeah like a stopped clock yeah <laughs> aren't old people's homes already rampant hotbeds of syphilis and gonorrhea how old are these people <laughs> syphilis we cure syphilis like 400 years ago no it's having a resurgence because people don't use condoms among the youth oh no it's a cool new up and coming disease syphilis. retro it's like a um, it's like vinyl <laughs> right I see it's an artisan STI <laughs> nice none of this TikTok super gonorrhea I'm going old <laughs> That's all the time we have for our health section because now it is time for your reviews. As you know, every week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Uh, let's start with Tom Neenan. What have you brought us in to review? Today I'm here to review Cold Pizza, which I'm, I'm devouring as I speak right now. It must be strange for pizza chefs to know that the, the apex of the food that they're cooking won't be reached <laughs> until at least 24 hours after they're finished. And I don't think there's many people who believe that. So, so yeah, so I am at the minute, I've, I've got mine from, um, from Yard Sale. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but, uh, but that's what I've gone for for this cold pizza. I mean, given that that brand name doesn't exist in Australia and what it is... It's an actual yard sale. It just sounds like a <laughs> Fair enough. I'm I mean, that is a very cold pizza. pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pizza that's been in an attic for like for four years. And I am I'm very much enjoying it. At the minute, I'm going to give it three stars. Nothing beats the first bite. So basically, you start at five and then it goes down to one, basically, as you feel sad and depressed at yourself. But right now, I'm halfway through. So I'm going to give cold pizza two and a half stars. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. And uh, Finn, what have you brought in for us? Well, as I mentioned earlier, before we start recording, I'm a new dad. And so I decided that I would review the other babies in my NCT WhatsApp group. <laughs> uh, I've never met any of these people because all the NCT class was over Zoom. So I feel absolutely nothing in judging them objectively. <laughs> Iona, beautiful smile, too much hair, six. <laughs> Dylan. Big chubby cheeks and a haunting thousand-yard stare. Seven. Uh, Albert, lovely smiley baby, but his mother consistently chips in with content unrelated to the child. Minus five. Leo and Donnie, twins who are already laughing at each other's sounds. Unbearably cute. Ten. Deirdre, an angel with a disgusting name. One. Colin, see above. And Emma, Wrigley, babbling, a blessing from God, but I'm 90% certain her parents voted leave. Four. <laughs> 
right now it's time for our language section where the language learning app Babbel has commissioned research to discover which topical and trending words we've had the most trouble pronouncing over the last 12 months. So let's yassify this story if we can. Finn Taylor, do you know how to pronounce words? Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I thought because it's the last 12 months that the words we'd be struggling to pronounce would be epidemiological in nature (laughs) or, you know, B11347 or something. But no, it's uh, Dogecoin and Chugi. And uh, Karen, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm learning a lot of these words as I read them now. Um, I'm, I'm not in Gen Z. I'm more on the syphilis end of the UTI spectrum. Well, I'm also a big believer in like common usage. If it's a neologism, how it's pronounced is how people pronounce it, right? Like, didn't we go through this with the GIF GIF argument or argument, if you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> I might as well be reading Japanese. I've got no idea what people are saying. Talgona, a Korean treat made with sugar and baking soda. Right, yeah. Well, you see, have you seen Squid Game? I have seen Squid Game. I don't remember that. I remember the, um, it's the thing that they the lick. people being shot for getting uh, <laughs> hopscotch wrong. That's what I remember. <laughs> My big takeaway wasn't the snack they were eating. <laughs> well, if you do pronounce Talgona wrong, you will get shot in the head. That is, right. uh, that is the risk that you run <laughs> with That's one that. of the games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said Babel. I thought it was Babel. So there you go. I've already, I've already started. I'm already at a loss with, uh, with pronouncing things wrong. Well, there is a language learning app called Babel and there's another one called Babel. I feel like the world is working against me there, I'll be honest. <laughs> Use the fact that you don't know the fact how to pronounce Dogecoin as a way of identifying good people is what I'd suggest because I think the only person who says it correctly is Elon Musk. And, you know, keep well clear. Yeah. I'm quite <laughs> excited because there was reference to... Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be careful. Is it... Nusret, which is a salt based restaurant that people have been mm. pronouncing wrong. Yes. And he deserves that. He's a man whose entire personality revolves around a condiment. He pronounces steak wrong if by pronounce you mean makes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he very sort of overly flamboyantly displays it, which is uh, just needlessly annoying, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, he doesn't know how to sprinkle either. <laughs> no, 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 no. All goes down the forearm, doesn't it? Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> If I'm a soul, but when he's making hundreds of thousands for cupcakes, it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> oh, with Tabasco. Don't even get me started. It just seems unhygienic, the Salt Bay thing. Yeah, you'd hope that if you're paying, what is it, like 30 quid for a Coke, that, um, that you know, it would be the best there is. But the trouble is, I've learned, is that there's sort of an upper limit on how good a Coke is. And <laughs> yeah. that's from a glass bottle on a hot day. That's, that's the best it's going to get. The cost of Coke is inversely proportionate to how much the Coke costs. Like if you think about the most expensive Coke, it's the one at the movie cinema, which is watery and bubble yeah. free. Whereas the best Coke you will ever get yeah. is one in a third world country, which uses real sugar and costs like two and a half cents. Oh yeah, that's true, isn't it? There's a special, is it Brazilian Coke or something? And that's meant to be amazing. I've never had it. I think it's Colombian, Tom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> See, I've ordered that. That was very expensive. Yeah. Just the <laughs> trick, yes. though. Bloody hell, on a hot day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, blimey. I'm going to wait yeah. for four days. Yes, please. If Viagra is good for dementia, does that mean that Coke is bad for it? Cocaine. <laughs> Seeing as it's sort of the opposite of Viagra. Oh, interesting. Just a callback. <laughs> callback to the human circulatory system. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want to scroll back through the magazine, but it yeah. struck me. <laughs> what is the heart but the callback of blood? <laughs> That is all the time we have for the language section because now it is time for your pop-out section. 
the tips on how to pretend it isn't Christmas yet section, uh, which is, dear f***ing God, I can't believe it's December already and I want to pretend that it isn't Christmas. So if you also want to pretend with me that it isn't yet Christmas, uh, follow these tips. Tip number one, no matter what anyone tells you, no matter the temptation, even if the demand is accompanied by bells, do not hark, especially not at good tidings. Number two, Try keeping your headphones on in public spaces. Once you've harked at something, it's all over. You might as well put on some green stockings and volunteer as an elf at the local Westfield shopping centre. Tip number three, what do shepherds know about anything, really? Like, would you get your vaccine misinformation from a shepherd on Facebook? I think not. Which brings me to another quibble I have with the Bible, which is its lack of media literacy. Who are we citing as an authority in the Bible? A burning bush? Why is that more convincing than anything else? No one's going, oh, that's nonsense. Oh, a burning bush told you. I don't get the burning bush thing. I don't know. Are you religious? I just, I guess it was the desert. It was either a burning bush or a burning rock. Those were your options. To be honest, I would believe the rock more. <laughs> My point is, f shepherds. And also, what do shepherds dress up as at Christmas? Is it children? Because fair's fair. Tip number four. Is everything in the pear tree? Like, is everything in the song in the pear tree? Is it cumulative or subsequent? Are the lords are leaping in the pear tree along with the other? This is why we need the Oxford comma, uh, which is to say tip six is be pedantic about the specific and rational meaning of Christmas song lyrics. Drive that shit into the ground like a man on a roof in a sleigh strapped to some actual real-life actual reindeer. And tip number six, tell your family you're doing a no-consumption Christmas, which is good for the environment. So instead of gifts, you just all give vouchers promising to do nice things for each other. Uh, tip 6B, don't then do those things. Tell you something that blew my mind recently is I never realised in the 12 Days of Christmas that obviously the singer is the recipient of all of the gifts. I've always, For some reason in my head, I've always got this singer as the giver of the gifts, not the recipient. So it's actually someone talking about this hell they're living in with all of this stuff, as opposed to some like suggesting gifts, uh, which gives it a real dark edge. See, I, I always thought of it as a sort of a flex, just a, hey, look at all this great stuff I've gotten. <laughs> I thought it was an impartial observer being like, what the f*** is going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's an absolute... Lots of, lots of DPD vans are pulling up outside this person's house, so it's just getting more and more chaotic. Yeah, no, it's just a guy at the back of the Secret Santa being like, bloody hell, Colin's really overshot. <laughs> <laughs> He's really gone in too hard for an office get-round. I've got a 2022 diary. Well, it's also my true love. My true love gave to me. Like, this is a very burdensome mm. sh courtship, I feel. <laughs> get to know the person. Yeah, it's a bit sort of me too, isn't it, actually? It's a bit like, <laughs> do you know what? Can you stop giving me this? I'm not asked for any of it. Yeah, yeah and it's the same character who sings Baby It's Cold Outside. <laughs> you know, about how problematic they are. Uh, we have a music section now, and this is, this is the news that the Spotify CEO has spent 100 million euros on AI defence technology. Uh, Tom Neenan, you're a scientist of sorts. Can you yes. explain this story? Basically, there's a lot of money that's been spent from the person at Spotify uh, whose name is... He's got an odd name. I'm going to try and remember what it is. Daniel Eck. Daniel Eck! I'm sorry if that's offensive. It, it was odd to me. It just, I think it ends too soon. You're like, you're getting into the name, you're settling into it, and then suddenly you're whipped out of it again. It's like, okay, Daniel Eck, that's done. And he spent money on this thing, which is like AI, apparently, to assess battlefields to be used in sort of military combat. And from what I understand, this tech assesses uh, battlefields sort of in the same way that your Spotify shuffle sort of accurately assesses your seasonal depression. <laughs> so, you know, it's sort of... It's, 
a lot of Adele, a lot of that kind of thing. You're like, okay, yeah, things, things have been really rough. But what's happened is that a lot of artists have actually taken against this because, you know, they're the musicians. And musicians and war don't go together, except, obviously, Carl Douglas, uh, who celebrated the fact, famously, that everybody was kung fu fighting. Uh, he's the one, he's sort of stood out against this, but everyone else is very much... Well, and the, and the Venger boys, the Venger boys as well. People don't know that the Venger bus uh, is short for the Vengeance bus, yeah. and it's coming for you. <laughs> the Venger boys are coming is quite a sinister war cry. Yeah. The Venger boys are coming. Hide the women and children. That's the rest of the song. They're just trying to treat their oncoming Alzheimer's. It's fine. <laughs> and also, isn't the company that he's invested in called Helsing AI? Yes. I mean, you have to sort of ask yourself, was evil Omnitech taken? Because that is a terrifying company name under anyone's. They're not pretending to be nice. They're not calling themselves like green pastures. This is just an overtly terrifying sounding company. If it's a kind of partnership between the military and Spotify... I'd like that. Cause the thing I've always wanted in the British Army is at the end of the year they do an army unwrapped. And it's the, uh, you know, the amount of war crimes they've committed, the amount of civilian casualties, drones, you know. I'd like that in a kind of digestible email form at the end, just to see what I've got for my tax dollar. This is the thing. This is the almost universally negatively received piece of news. 95% of tweets about the news were negative in response um, because people don't like the idea that their money that they're paying to Spotify to get music is going into into arms stealing. It kind of makes Adele's, you know, Adele having beef with them because they sometimes put albums on Shuffle seem, seem sort of slightly small fry now, doesn't it? It's like, oh, you're annoyed that people can't listen to your album in, in order and everyone else is sort of angry about the fact that you're funding the mechanism of all wars. Kind of puts it in perspective, I guess. But what about, what happened to, uh, was it Jay-Z who had a, his own streaming service? Oh, yeah. Is he now tooling up? Is he now feeling like he's got a crack? <laughs> Are we going to we have the streaming wars? Is that what's going to happen next? Yes, please. Yeah. That's what's going to be happening in the care homes. <laughs> we have more music stories. Uh, Berlin's techno DJs. So this is, I, I think, a theme of the music stories for this week's music section is is music things um, oozing their way into non-music areas because <laughs> Berlin's techno DJs have applied for UNESCO heritage status. So, Finn, you look like someone who's danced at a Berlin techno nightclub. Well, I have, actually. Uh, Do you feel like this is worthy of preservation? One of my good friends lives in Berlin, and when we go to visit him, sometimes we uh, would go to one of the places mentioned in this article, Berghain. Now, the only rule in Berghain is that you can't take a camera in or take any photos. That's the only rule. They have sort of sex rooms, like quite dark kind of German stuff going on in there. And it makes me laugh, the idea that this is suddenly going to turn into a National Trust property with a little velvet rope around the fisting area. You know, I I can't... People sitting in a cafe, you know, listening to the little audio tour guides while, uh, you know, men are f***ing hanging up in gimp suits. Yeah, don't do anything tantric or they'll put a plaque on you. (laughs) Exactly. Stay still, there's a blue plaque nailed to your dick. I mean... It's a good night out, but I don't know if we need to, if we need to um, verify it in that way. Yes, they want to sort of um, memorialise it as intangible cultural heritage, which will allow them to get grants from the state uh, to support clubs and give them lower taxes, as well as uh, affecting building and trading law so that they can't be built out by more profitable ventures. But I don't know. I don't know about... I mean, techno clubs and sex clubs clearly have some crossover in, in, in the Berlin nightclub scene. It's a hotbed of filth. <laughs> And they should be shut down, if anything. 
<laughs> I have a friend who's sort of into the into the sex scene, you know, like sex party scene. And um, the way that they talk about it sounds like a lot of, like, Excel spreadsheets. Really? What, is that because they always end up in cells? <laughs> oh, right. No, no. It's like there's a lot of admin about consent beforehand. Oh, fair and, enough. You know, who's wearing what and what brand of lube and is anyone allergic to it and surely you're getting into the sex scene to get away from admin isn't it you're going oh, <laughs> my life is so dry it's just spreadsheets i want to go to a padded cell and f- everyone isn't that <laughs> and then you're faced with more admin you're like oh god's sake this is charade <laughs> I mean, the problem is that I think the reason that they're having to apply for UNESCO protected cultural status is because you can't put your hands in the air like you just don't care because of COVID. You have to wash your hands for at least a minute <laughs> back, um, before you put your hands in the air. And that implies a level of, of care that sort of undermines the whole spirit of the project. We all care too much. We all care too much. But to give you a context about my sort of my frame of reference for clubbing, I've written the phrase, hey boy, hey girl, superstar DJ, UNESCO. That is the sort of, that is my, the frame of reference for the music. I mean, the last time I went into a, a nightclub, I was wearing a, a, a backless top and a, a gentleman who I did not know ran his thumb across my shoulder and then licked his thumb and I left. Ooh. It was like the creepiest. Oh my goodness. He was just trying to see where the wind was blowing. <laughs> That's chilling. Yeah. I think the most upsetting thing about it was it didn't feel personal. <laughs> it could have been any back. <laughs> Anybody? Oh, that is, yeah. We wouldn't get that in a care home. We probably would now. That's the terrifying thing. Well, you'd you'd, you'd feel them coming because you'd, you'd get the tip of their dick first, wouldn't you? <laughs> Early warning system. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the time we have for our music section because now it's time for our money section, and this is uh, this combines so many of my interests or the interests that I wish I had but don't, um, which is a, a crypto BTS scandal. Uh, Tom Neenan, you're a massive fan of K-pop. Of course. Can you unpack this story for us? I'm scared to. Last time I was on the Garg, it was lovely. I had a lovely time. I happened to mention in passing that maybe the Millennium <laughs> Bug wasn't the, the big disaster everyone thought it would be. And you know what? People online have been very forward in coming forward and saying, actually, a lot of people worked very hard to make sure the Millennium Bug didn't happen. So I want to say now, I'm very sorry. But now... All I know is that Twitter is alight with people who, whenever BTS are mentioned, are very keen to say how much they like BTS and how much they do not like people criticising in any way BTS. One of the things that happened when you mentioned about the Millennium Bug and that it wasn't all it cracked, was cracked up to be it was that people came after me Ooh, for allowing misinformation right. or for, for propounding misinformation. Right. I was like, you know, I don't write... <laughs> The script of my guests. Yes, yeah, yeah, we are the editors. That's been established. So it was like a war of pedantry. They're like, you were wrong about the Millennium Bug. And I was like, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, I'm saving you. I'm saving you here by mm-hmm. saying I am going to tiptoe around the subject of BTS, who I, I'm sorry to say, I don't think I've ever heard a song by BTS. I'm not saying they're bad. Internet, please, please don't hate me. All I'll say on this is that basically what's happened is someone has got a form of currency that they've based around BTS. From what I understand, not with BTS's permission, which is important, and that now there is a legal case to stop this BTS coin from being used. Personally, I think the only person who should be properly aggrieved by this is the Queen, because for ages, she had dominion over being on coins, and now anything can be a coin. It was like, (laughs) it was her and lions, basically, could be on coins, and now it can be bits and dogs and BTS as well. So I think 
Let's get back to basics. Coins are now just a picture of someone's head who's probably dead by now. That's that, That's my way of skirting around this anyway. Let's not speculate on the Queen's health. Oh, God. That <laughs> wasn't a comment on the uh, on the Queen's health, by the way. Oh, no, it's happened again. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm sure she's very... Basically, I'm saying that, you know, like how you look at coins and they have Roman emperors on them and stuff like that, then that's what yes, we should be doing. Yes. The Queen... God, God save the Queen. That is my uncontroversial opinion on the Queen. Truest thing you've said all recording, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Well, so what's happened is that the regulator in Singapore has suspended a crypto exchange called BitGet, uh, which had been promoting this digital currency, a made-up currency uh, known as Army Coin, which was named after the South Korean boy band. And the whole premise of this Army Coin is that it's it's sort of saving for the retirement of BTS members. <laughs> Uh, the whole point of the coin is to is to provide lifetime financial support to the members of BTS, as though being the most popular band in the entire world was enough is it? of a retirement plan. Is it the most popular band in the world? Yeah. Yeah, they spoke at the UN. What? How do I not know? I mean, I know I'm out of the loop, but <laughs> South Korea, wow. the cultural footprint of South Korea has gone through the gone through the roof. What with people, like you say, killing people for hopscotch and uh, and BTS and you know. Uh, Parasite winning all the Oscars. They are they are absolutely nailing it. And people realising that kimchi is really good probiotics. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. It is interesting that they're saving for their um, their retirement because I genuinely don't... You could tell me that the members of BTS get paid, like, the equivalent of about, sort of, 30 quid a week or something. Or you could tell me that they're multi-billionaires, and I believe both of them because I have no idea how the economy works for, sort of, the popularity of BTS. Like... I get the feeling they're very well drilled and they are they are very well looked after. Let me just say that. I tell you who's well drilled. Yes. People in the north. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where they started out, those parades? <laughs> yeah, probably. Marching next to huge missile silos. <laughs> Fair play. Come for I'm me, fans. Got on this section. Come for me. Come for me. I like driving internet traffic. Yeah. It's good for my algorithm. Come for me. Truly. The Piers Morgan of the Gargoyle. <laughs> so that's all the time we have for our show this week. Uh, we're going into the ad section at the end, flipping through the ads. Uh, have you got anything to plug, Finn? Yeah, I've set up a cryptocurrency <laughs> for a North Korean band. <laughs> it's called Bombcoin. No, I just filmed a special and it's probably going to be coming out on my YouTube channel. Uh, so subscribe to my YouTube channel. Excellent. Go check out Finn Taylor's YouTube channel. Tom Neenan, have you got anything to plug? I've just filmed a normal, uh, which is, I haven't. But I'd always, <laughs> I always like the idea that someone, that a comedian would release a normal, which is like some pretty <laughs> shonky stand-up. Uh, they're sort of a bit happy with, but not really. No, uh, follow me on Twitter, at T Neenan, uh, you know, and complain to me when I sort of disparage scientists from the turn of the century, because that's, uh, <laughs> I, I always like hearing from you. Thank you so much for coming. I'm Alice Fraser. I'm your host. You will have just missed me doing a stand-up hour called Generation that's going to be happening on Thursday, the 9th of December. And what made me agree to do a brand new show six weeks after having a baby, I don't know. But that will have been extremely special. If you want to see it or any footage from it, sign up to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. It's a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up special podcasts and blogs. You are listening to The Gargle. It's a co-production between The Bugle and Alice Fraser. Our executive producer is Chris Skinner. Your magnificent editor is Ped Hunter. I'm going to see you next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. 